Uh, thank you very much, and I would like to express my deep thanks for Ibn Arabi Society and also for the Open Center and also for the Riverside Church for giving me this uh, great opportunity to talk with you. So my talk is going to be Ibn Arabi, the Treasury of Absolute Mercy. Yes, can we go to the next slide? Uh, the structure of my talk is going to be like this, introduction and then mercy in this slower world, and then mercy and the origin of the cosmos, then the bearers of the, of the throne, absolute mercy and relative mercy, the divisions of mercy, and then mercy in the hereafter or on the judgment day, then mercy in paradise, and then mercy in hell. So, Ibn Arabi mentioned in different places in his major book, Al-Fatuhat, and also in other, in other books, that the throne on which Allah had himself mounted has four major pillars or supports and is borne by four bearers in this world. And in the hereafter, they are going to become eight. Each one of them supports a pillar of this throne that is indeed the whole kingdom of, of God. And also, although uh, those main bearers of the throne are actually the known archangels, but uh, other prophets and other human forms will have a considerable share in, in, in this. And Ibn Arabi says in chapter uh, 371 of the Fatuhat, he says or he declares that he is actually one of these forms, of these human forms, and Allah had honored him with the best pillar that is the treasury of absolute mercy. Thus Allah made him absolutely merciful despite his knowledge of hardness and suffering. And for this reason, the Arabi often states that the world has emerged from absolute mercy and it will return to mercy despite what we may encounter of pain or, or hardness. And all this will be uh, temporal. So we shall discuss in this uh, uh, talk, we shall discuss the origin of the world and its destiny and the role of mercy based on the Arabi's cosmological model of creation. So I start in the name of Allah, the merciful and the most merciful. Allah started the Quran by saying, in the name of Allah, the merciful, the most merciful, praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, again, the merciful and the most merciful. So in his comment on this verse, Ibn Arabi affirms that since Allah mentions the words between his, these two names, the merciful and the most merciful, that's Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So this means that the word has started from mercy and it will end up with mercy. Also in Quran, Allah says, my mercy have indeed covered everything. So again, Allah says in Quran, my mercy have indeed covered everything. And he also says in one divine narration, my mercy prevails over my anger. Also, the Prophet Muhammad once was walking with his companions and they saw a woman feeding his, her infant. So the Prophet asked, do you think this woman might ever throw her child in the fire? They said no. Then the Prophet said, Allah is even more, more merciful to his servants than this woman to her child. Now, in another narration also, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, 
When Allah created the heavens and the earth, he created a hundred mercy. One of them he sent down onto the earth, through which the mother shows affection to her child, and even the beasts and the birds show kindness to each, to each other. Through this mercy, Allah created the creation and provided them, whether believers or disbelievers, he provided them with all means of subsistence and nourishment, and through this mercy, animals take care of each other, and people take care of each other and of themselves. So indeed, as also Professor Chittik showed yesterday, mercy is wujud, is existence. The mere existence, the mere uh, fact that we exist, this is a mercy from Allah. Now, mercy can be defined as a will to bring benefit to others. So it occurs, and it occurs in the heart of a loving person and tender person, and therefore, as Ibn Arabi also confirms, mercy is not an existential thing. It doesn't have a physical reality or entity, but it is an abstract thing expressed through speaking and actions. Due to this, to his great absolute mercy, Allah called himself the merciful, one of his greatest beautiful names, Ar-Rahim, Ar-Rahman, and also Ar-Rahim. Now, the difference between Ar-Rahman and Rahim is very delicate. For, for me, I translate Ar-Rahman as the merciful and Ar-Rahim as the most merciful, because I was, as we will see in a, in a while, uh, one of the merciful uh, indicates uh, a mercy, the relative mercy that may include or incorporate some pain or suffering, but the most merciful is absolute mercy. Now, also for this reason, because Allah was called the merciful and he wanted to grant us this mercy, when Allah created the throne and all the world inside this throne, he called himself uh, the, the merciful and he had himself mounted on the throne from this particular aspect of the merciful. So he said in Quran, the merciful mounted on the throne, or in another interpretation, the merciful established his authority on the throne. Now, before I explain the role of mercy in the uh, origin of the, of the cosmos, let me uh, comment further about the difference between the merciful and the most merciful. As I already said, the name merciful or the mercy of the merciful indicates relative mercy which may incorporate pain or suffering and this is just like medicine uh, if one is suffering from anything he takes medicine the medicine may be painful but at the end it it cure the disease so this is the mercy of the merciful but the mercy of the most merciful is absolute mercy and uh, this will be for us inshallah god willing in the afterwards Moreover, Ibn Arabi says that mercy may also incorporate some pain and suffering for that who have it, but is unable to fulfill it or give it to the one who deserves it, because something might prevent him from doing this at the time. So when this person is able again to give this mercy to the person who deserves it, it will be also a mercy on himself, because this pain that he felt due to, due to his inability to uh, conduct this mercy is now over. 
And this, Ibn Arabi says, is a very strange case that mercy may cause suffering to the person who have it. Then he adds that even what's more, what's stranger is that uh, mercy also incorporates pain when mercy incorporates pain to the person who have it due to a, a cause, a personal cause that he has that prevents him from doing uh, or from fulfilling this mercy. And for this reason, Ibn Arabi uh, says, or he, he comments uh, on the divine narration where Allah says, I never hesitate doing anything such as I do when I collect the soul of my believing servant. I do not like to hurt him, but I know that, and I know that he doesn't like to die, but I know that he has to meet me. So it's like, uh, it's two-sided. Pain on one side, but ultimately it's mercy. Now, Speaking about the origin of the cosmos, Allah uh, Ibn Arabi declares or says that the main reason for, for creating the cosmos is love. And he normally refers to the famous divine narration where Allah says, I was a hidden treasure and I loved to become known. Thus I created the, the creatures and I manifested to them so that they might come to know me. So Ibn Arabi adds that this Allah's love to, to become known is a mercy from him that he wanted to grant to all his creatures. Therefore, this mercy is the first state of, of the presence of Allah with regard to the world to be created. So, it formed the abstract place or space in which the creation shall appear. This space is called Al-Ama, or the cloud. And this figure shows the contents of, or the initial contents of this cloud. The cosmos, therefore, appeared in this cloud, and this was described actually in, in more details in other publications, but here I'm going to very briefly go through it before we see what is the role of mercy in all this. So according to Ibn al-Arabi, Allah first created in this cloud an unknown number of roaming spirits. These are the divisions of the circle, the outer circle, and then he appointed one of them and granted him a special epiphany of knowledge that taught him what Allah wants to create with him in this lower world till the judgment day in particular. This particular spirit is what he calls the first intellect. So for this reason, this spirit is called the first, the first or the universal intellect because he was the first thing or the first to understand the manifestations of Allah and he is also going to conduct these manifestations to the world that is, that, that is going to be created. And actually, these manifestations are the words of Allah, as also Professor Chirik was telling us yesterday. So, for this reason, Allah created for this first intellect, from the shadow of his manifestation on him, he created for him a tablet to write down in it these manifestations or these words, uh, that are the words or the breath of the merciful. Thus, this tablet is called the universal tablet, or also the first tablet, or also the universal soul, because the first intellect is the intellect, so this is the soul of the intellect, where he is going to write down all the manifestations of God. And for this reason, this intellect is also called the first pen. So therefore, 
we and all the creatures are the words of Allah written, in this, written by this first pen in the first tablet of the soul. These are his properties of the uh, soul and the uh, intellect, but please go to the next slide. So, so now inside, inside this tablet or inside this soul, Allah first created chaos or al-haba, which is literally which literally means the dust or the prime matter, which is a kind of unformed matter that is going to form what what we call the universal body or the universal body, that is the first thing to exist as a material object or body. Now, uh, inside this material body, Allah created the throne. But the throne is like our solar uh, system or the heavens and the earth. And later we will see that the, the mercy of Allah is one, one absolute mercy in the throne level. But in the level of the, of the uh, pedestal and the heavens and earth inside it, it's going to split into absolute and relative mercy. So Ibn Arabi describes this as just like the splitting of the seed when we put it in, in the ground it, and it fertilizes, it split into two, just like this, and then later it forms a tree, which is a tree of the cosmos, as he also explained in, in other books. So please, can we go again to the next slide? Now, the pedestal, as we can see, it includes all the uh, zodiac, 12 zodiac signs, and the heavens, uh, the paradise, the different levels of paradise, and then inside this inside sphere, which I'm going to show in another figure later, it's the uh, outer surface of the planets and stars, which is our uh, local uh, uh, region or, or the heavens and the earth where we live uh, inside. <coughs> now, speaking about the throne, Allah says, that in the resurrection day, on that day, he says in Quran, in that day, eight shall bear the throne of thy Lord above them. But Ibn Arabi asserts that when this verse was recited before Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, he said, and today they are four, i.e. in this lower world, they are four. And tomorrow, in the afterworld, they are going to become eight. Now, Ibn Arabi explains that the throne, or al-arsh in Arabic, uh, which is normally tra translated as a throne, he explains that this is actually one of the meaning of the al-arsh, but another meaning is, is the kingdom itself, or the whole kingdom of God. So taken in the second meaning, he concludes that the bearers of the throne, or the kingdom of God, are the ones in charge of its affairs. And these are like the four pillars or supports, outad, that hold up the tent or a house. That he, dedicated, uh, that he dedicated to the uh, bearers of the throne, he shows there that those eight sustainers or bearers of the throne or the kingdom of God are assigned the various duties as follows. Adam and Seraphil are four forms or four bodies. Gabriel and Muhammad are four spirits. Michael and Abraham are four subsistence. And Malik and Ridwan, Malik is Azrael, and Ridwan, the warehouser of paradise, are for threat and promise, i.e. the states in Jahannam and uh, paradise. 
Now, Ibn Arabi goes further to explain uh, in this same chapter 13 that each of these four domains is divided into two levels, one abstract and one material. So there are material forms and abstract forms, spirits to manage the material forms and spirits to manage the abstract forms, and also nourishment for the material forms, like, for example, food, normal food, and also nourishment for the abstract forms like knowledge and science. And in the end, each of these forms will end up in, a, in its suitable state, either in Jahannam or in paradise. So these all together sum up into eight which are necessary to establish the kingdom on which the all-merciful established his authority, that's the kingdom of Allah. Furthermore, Ibn Arabi explains that the throne has four corners, just like the Kaaba has four corners and also four faces or facets, which are the original subboards uh, that are enough to hold it up. But each one of these four facets has many additional subboards. Allah made this throne hollow and surrounding all what, inc what it includes of the orbs and heavens. And when Allah created this throne, he mounted on it from this particular aspect of his name, the All-Merciful, where his word of mercy was absolute and has no opposite. <coughs> but it's pure mercy and uh, uh, it, ha it includes no suffering. Thus, even when any heartbreaking or uh, occurs in any part of the world due to any kind of ill nature or selfish purpose, then that is just like the medicine that has unpleasant taste, but it's full of mercy to that who takes it and uses it. Ibn Arabi then adds that when Allah created this throne, he created angels from its light to swish around the cabaceous space and circumambulate around it, just like Muslims do circumambulate around the Kaaba. Allah then appointed four bearers of these angels to hold it up uh, from its four pillars on which the throne is based. And each pillar is shared between two faces till the middle of the face. And then he made these corners differ in rank, as he, Ibn Arabi, claims, uh, as he put, put me, put Ibn Arabi, in one of the best uh, amongst its holders, because although Allah had created those angels to bear the throne, but it has other human forms to bear it, and I am, Ibn Arabi says, I am one of them. And the best pillar is for us, and that is the pillar of mercy. So he made me absolutely merciful, despite my knowledge of hardness and suffering. Because I know that there is ease in every hardness, mercy in every suffering, extension in every contraction, and relief in every tension. So I knew the two sides, the two opposite things. And the pillar that is on my right hand is also a pillar of mercy, but it doesn't include the knowledge of hardness. Be whereas the pillar that is on my left hand is a pillar of hardness and subjection, and its bearer knows nothing else other than that. As for the fourth pillar that is in front of me, Ibn Arabi says, uh, the one that I am in has emanated on this pillar the mercy on it, and it appeared on its shape or, or, it, or its forms. So it includes both light and darkness, mercy and suffering. Then in the middle of each of those uh, four facets, uh, faces or facets uh, of the throne, there is also a pillar, other than those four pillars in the corners, 
between each two of those uh, two pillars is a corners. So indeed, they make all together eight, but those four pillars is a middle are not uh, uh, used now, and they, they, they shall become active in the hereafter, as he explains. So now uh, I will uh, explain further what he means by absolute mercy and relative mercy. Uh, in the same chapter, that's chapter 13 of the Fatuhat, Ibn Arabi explains that when Allah created the pedestal or the chair, uh, his word split into two. His word, which was absolutely merciful in uh, absolute mercy in the throne, on the throne level, split into two on the level of uh, the pedestal. Uh, so it's split into absolute mercy and anger mixed with mercy, just like the seed which split to produce a tree, and that is for the purpose of what Allah wants to create of the world of composition of all the opposite things uh, that we have uh, that are affected by extension and contraction because Allah, in addition to his being described as a merciful, he is also described with many opposing names such as the honorer and the dishonorer, the extensor and the constrictor, the giver and the withholder. So each divine name of these names will have uh, its rule on the world that we are in or we live in. Therefore, inside the pedestal, Allah created the zodiac with 12 signs that we see here, the non-zodiac signs. So each of these four corners of the throne is divided further here into three divisions due to the three different states of this lower world and the hereafter. And that is the, uh, the lower world and the hereafter and the isthmus between them or the uh, link between them. So for each of these signs, Allah appointed a ruler that rules the world beneath it for a certain period of time. Then, inside uh, the zodiac orb, Allah created the 28 moon houses that are not clear in this figure. Maybe we can, can we uh, go to the next slide? So, inside the lower sphere of the previous figure, there are the uh, 28 moon houses, and inside these moon houses, there is the seven heavens and the earth, as shown in this figure. So these 28 moon houses that surround the earth where we live, and uh, in the rotation of all these interfering orbs, the world goes through major and minor cosmic cycles of mercy and or suffering, but everything in the end is surrounded by the isotropic orb that is uh, uh, that has only one cycle, that is all day, and this is the orb just beneath the, the throne, so everything in the end, it's all day or all mercy, absolute mercy, as we showed. For example, this lower world that we live in now is ruled by cancer, as Malarabi explains, and it shall become this, this world that we, we live in now, in the hereafter, Ibn Arabi explains in, in other uh, places of the Fatuhat, this uh, whole, uh, the earth and the whole uh, uh, seven spheres, including also the 28 uh, 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 moon houses, this will become in the hereafter, it will become hell. And therefore, the, uh, uh, the zodiac sign that is going to rule this is going to change into Libra, that is the justice, until, a time, uh, uh, until the time of uh, uh, the judgment day. So uh, uh, Allah will judge between people and will put uh, each in uh, his corresponding state. 
as, as I will explain, falls down. And then Ibn Arabi says again that, uh, uh, again, this is going to be, this uh, uh, zodiac sign Libra is going to be changed again to Gemini. So always we are going through periods or cycles from uh, time to time. These are actually uh, cycles that span over thousands of years. So in, in any of these different periods and cycles, uh, those uh, angels or, or spirits that are uh, uh, attached or appointed in these uh, zodiac signs, they rule the, the heavens below them and the, the earth, and uh, everything that happens is directly ruled by them. Uh, the same thing also happens to the uh, paradise, which is above, uh, if we go back to the previous uh, uh, slide, uh, paradise is actually above this, uh, uh, sorry, uh, paradise is just below, below above the, the orb of uh, uh, constellation or the orb that contains the heavens and the earth, and below the uh, uh, 12 zodiac signs. So the same 12 zodiac signs also rules uh, what happens in paradise, but the difference is that uh, when they rule the, the, the heavens and the earth, they do that through their agents in the 28 houses and the seven heavens, but when they uh, uh, rule or create what happens uh, in paradise, they do that directly by themselves, as we will also explain further down below. So, Ibn Arabi explains that, uh, yeah, can we go again to the next slide? Now, Ibn Arabi explains that paradise has eight doors according to the number of human organs, the eye, the ear, the tongue, the hand, the stomach, the relief, and the leg, and the heart. So those who employ their organs according to the law of God shall enter from the corresponding door of paradise, and they might also enter from all doors at the same time. On the other hand, he explains that hell has only seven doors, also according to the human organs, except the heart, since Allah does not blame anybody for what, he, what they have in their heart, uh, as far as they do not use it against the law. So Allah said in one uh, of his divine narrations, Allah said to his angels, whenever my servant, uh, my servant intend to do an evil, do not record it against him. But if he actually commits it, then write it down as one evil. And when he intends to do a good thing, but he doesn't, doesn't do it, then record it as one, as one good uh, uh, goodness. And when he actually does it, uh, then record it as ten. So, for this reason, Allah divided people into good and bad, and therefore in the hereafter, uh, they are going to be judged for that. But now, to follow the law of God, however, one has to have faith in him. Faith, according to one uh, famous prophetic narration, is divided into 79 levels. The least one of them is to remove ma malignancy from uh, the path of others, and the highest is there is no God but Allah. And between them are all the good deeds and decent qualities and normals and, and morals. Now, uh, Ibn Arabi asserts that people who do, who do not believe in God and yet they have some decent qualities, they shall also benefit uh, with that, even in fire or hell, where they shall taste their meanings, uh, the meanings of these qualities, just as the people of paradise do, because although some people shall remain in hell forever, as I explained further below, uh, uh, their suffering will, will 
is not eternal. It will end eventually, and therefore uh, it's replaced by a special kind of happiness and pleasure. Uh, 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 now, Ibn Arabi explains in another chapter, that's chapter 343 of the Futhat also, he gives more details about the divisions of mercy according to these different groups of people. And then he says there that when Allah first, uh, that Allah first created two kinds of mercy, one symbol and one composite. So he bestowed the simple mercy onto the simple things he created, such as monads and uh, pure spirits. And he bestowed the second, the second part of mercy, or the second kind of mercy, onto the compounds. But then he explains that the compounds are three kinds. Uh, two, two sides and the ismos or the link between them. Then, uh, for this reason, Allah made this composite mercy on three levels, or three classes. So with the first mercy, he brought together the different parts of the body until it took shape and, and uh, its entirety appeared. And then he used the second part to combine the meanings and uh, abstract uh, descriptions and the morals and knowledge into the soul. And then he used the third part of the mercy to connect the soul with the body in order to, uh, uh, to manage it. Now, for this reason, the soul, when it's attached to, to the body, it's, uh, now it has responsibility against him. So, uh, 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 now, if the soul uh, guides the body according to the law of God, that he made clear for all the people through messengers and prophets, then that's good. But uh, what happens is that most uh, souls or most people normally drive their bodies according to their own fantasy and they forget the law of God. Thus, when the souls are separated from these bodily uh, forms, yeah, so uh, when the souls are, are separated by this, they are going to go through the judgment day and therefore they are going to be uh, uh, lodged into either paradise or hell and therefore uh, in, in this uh, state they will have the uh, different types of mercy either absolute mercy or uh, uh, relative mercy as uh, I will explain further but I think I don't have enough time so I will try to summarize so on the judgment day Ibn Arabi explains that uh, uh, those hundred, hundred parts of mercy that Allah created in the beginning uh, and he sent one part of, of it down on the earth that we, we are using now, he will reunite this one part with the other 99 parts that he kept for us and then on the uh, hereafter he will uh, uh, give us this hundred full uh, mercy uh, uh, through time, over time just to uh, show the different states of people, of pious people and prophets and believers, uh, uh, and he will give them the chance to uh, mediate and uh, 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 take some of uh, the people, wrongdoers, from uh, hell back to, to paradise. And then in the end, uh, Allah himself will also take uh, so many people who have not uh, done any good thing in, in their life, he will take them uh, also to paradise, so when everything finished, uh, at the end, uh, some people will remain in hell. Now Ibn Arabi explains that even those people in hell will have 
a considerable share of mercy. And actually, Ibn Arabi uh, explains, which I'm not going to uh, read everything now, uh, explains that uh, Allah actually have uh, uh, given uh, 600 parts of mercy to the people of, uh, of hell and 100 to uh, all together, as I said. And he also uh, uh, give 19 parts of mercy to the people of hell. That's against the 19 angels of, of hell who uh, guard hell and, and uh, manage it. So each part of uh, this mercy will, will work against uh, one of the angels of, uh, of hell. And in the end, uh, they will, uh, uh, the, the torture or the, the pain in hell will, will end. And uh, even people in, in hell, they will uh, uh, be uh, happy in, in, on their own way. So now I have to end. So I, I just want to read one uh, poem of Ibn Arabi. Ibn Arabi says in one of uh, uh, his poems in, uh, in his Diwan, in his uh, book of poetry, he says, speaking about Allah, he says, he never erased anything he wrote, any good thing he wrote. This is why, this is what my logic approves, and therefore mercy is mandatory for us. The same thing also happens or applies to his manifestations. He never veils again after he does manifest. Whenever you get any certain knowledge, never think again it's going to be turned into ignorance. That's why the pious people, they, they walked and strived. So he is the Lord saying, prostrate and come close. His self-generosity is that which rules, and he is not ruled by anyone else. Thus, everything is covered by his mercy, granted to them and became mandatory. Even the, the devil aspires to his mercy, and thus be the servant who commits sins. Thank you very much.